You have come to a place where all sports matter. And some sports just matter more than others. This is the LTV Sportscast. And now your host, Leighton. Welcome sports fans to another episode of the LTV Sportscast. It is English Premier League Game Week 16 of the 2021-2022 season and we're up for another humdinger. And remember, if you are jamming FPL, the Pods Bragging Rights League is open. It's still open. It's free entry, free to play. And Bragging Rights is up for grabs. And the code is G94H2J. That is Golf 9 for Hotel 2 Juliet. Again, we'd love to get your feedback for the show. So drop us some feedback at feedback at latentv.com. As well as you can follow us and reach out on Twitter at LTV underscore sportscast. And follow us on Instagram by just searching for LTV Sportscast. Joining us today... Prashurn's back in, all the way from the UAE. Prashurn, how's it going, sir? Uh, good evening, Leighton. Good evening to the viewers. Yes, it's besides it being a bit uh, colder because we're entering winter in this uh, part of the world this time. Yeah, uh, how how is winter in that part of the world? What is it, like a million degrees? Um, it's about 20 degrees. But I think uh, because of climatized to the conditions of it being so hot we do feel uh, the cold I, I believe i believe so i have a question to ask though um i know the the fifa world cup is taking place in qatar which is not too far from you guys about how far is qatar from you a one hour flight an hour flight right um so realistically what's that about 600 700 kilometers from where you are and that would mean that would mean um, for for our for our UK and American listeners that would be about five hundred miles there and thereabouts. Now, uh, question time, question time, probably about four fifty miles anyway. When the World Cup arrives there, and you're telling me now it is winter, and considering it will be winter at that time, uh, because they will be playing through December. What would the temperature be like? It should be around the same. And it does get really cold because I I actually sit with the heater during the winter. <laughs> At 20 so, degrees? Yeah. So, okay. That's crazy. It's so madness. It, it's madness. But uh, we also thought when we first arrived here that... We wouldn't feel the winters, but it does get really cold. Okay. So there's a chill in the air, but uh, I take it, how, what is the humidity like in that side of the world? In summer, there's a lot of humidity, humidity but right. during winter, you're, you're not going to get the humidity. Okay. And, and, and this is, you, you move from Durban, South Africa, which is um, known for its humidity. Uh, as well, so that's probably probably why you get a little bit cold because of the lack of humidity in the winter. That being said, that's a far far reach from the FPL and English Premier League. At the English Premier League, it's it's going into winter as well, obviously, also in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, and I see COVID is making its rounds again, and apparently, eight of the Spurs players have been affected by COVID. Yeah, it looks like uh, COVID is back. Um, it never left, but now it's hitting the FPL teams uh, a lot. And unfortunately for myself, 
I've got a lot of Spurs players and assets in my my FPL team. So yeah, I'm watching that very closely. I I'm not sure because I've just watched uh, Antonio Conte's press conference and he's looking to to asking the Premier League to to postpone their game. Now they've already had a game postponed um, because of weather, inclement weather conditions. The other side is uh, Brighton on the other side of the field this weekend, which should be this weekend, is fielding fielding well, not fielding a number of players as they are pretty heavily injury struck. If I I stand to be corrected, but I think it's about nine injury, eight injuries uh, that that their team is suffering right now. I think they've got a lot of injuries also because I I did see Duffy because I know he's in lots of uh, FPL teams. Yeah, he's suspended. And Lalana, uh, Lalana also. Thigh injury. And, yeah, thigh injury, but he's always injured. <laughs> Two games and then he's in. That, that's, that's how it works for him. Uh, Feltman's yeah, injured, so, um, Trissard is injured, Dunk is injured as well. So they've got a chunk of injuries. Now, I remember last year, Aston Villa also had to field a very weakened side. Um, they didn't, they said, you know, to you play your game kind of thing. And especially because of the period that we're in, I cannot see the FA allowing Tottenham to actually move the game. I think they're going to force him to play. In, well, I think they're, they're going to have to play. The the agreement I know that they have is as long as you have 13 first-team players who can take to the field, mm. you, are, you are supposed to head with the game. So it it, it will be interesting to see. And the first-team players is game. squad of 25, right? Yeah, okay. that's correct. So it will be good to see tomorrow if the game goes ahead with the European Conference League game. That will give us an idea of whether it would go on or not. If I think they're going to allow one to slide, it might be the European Conference um, because Europe can make the the evenings up on another at another time because they do go into a break period. Um, the Premier League is pretty congested. So to start thinking about moving more games already, I think that's a little bit of a problem. And then you start to think, like you're saying, how it affects FPL. And I know Jeremy did allude to it previously in the past, and it's one of those things that we've got to keep in mind is we still have uh, the pandemic of COVID, which means, you know, make sure that you're, you've got squad depth not only for the Christmas period where the people are rotating teams or the the squads with deep squads are rotating players, not teams, rotating players, you now need to keep in mind that the that COVID could affect um, game weeks as well. So you probably want to spread though spread the risk quite a bit. Um, yeah, you you also hmm? go ahead. There's there's so many. So many things to to look out for in December. It's COVID. It's the weather. It's the African Nations Cup coming up, and there's 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 so many different angles. So you need a team of fifteen players who who has to play. Mm. I have a question though. Uh, 
why don't they play the AFCON in in July? Because most of Africa isn't most of Africa in the Southern Hemisphere anyway. I think so. I have no idea. I have no idea why they don't play it in July. Because I think that's how it feels like they're catering to. Um, I know you start to look at the 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 African powerhouses of the north. Your your, your Algerias, your Egypts, your Morocco's, uh, Tunisia's. Those teams up north, because obviously they fall into the northern hemisphere, and winter time is. Um, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, you know, just I don't, I don't get it. it. It doesn't make sense to me to play it. But anyway, you know. Africa does what Africa does, TIA, this is Africa, live it, love it, believe it. Um, however, however, like you are saying, that is going to affect numerous teams in the Premier League. And, you know, truth be told, it, it's going to hurt our team. And when I say our team, Liverpool, obviously the most, because we just look at, just pick out two of the most amazing players in the Premier League and say Sadio Mane and Mo Salah. And they're from the same team and they're both going. That's two thirds of our starting attack. It's crazy. It's, it's a crazy thought. Now I know Naby Keita would go from us as well, but he's forever injured when he's not injured and he was looking so good when he's not injured. He's amazing. But John, even Joel Matip, I'm not sure whether he gets picked for, I think he's Cameroon. Yeah. I didn't see that he was in the list of the guys going to the AFCON. So. Uh, I'm not sure, and I don't know why. Well, if they didn't pick him, um, then I think Cameroon is stupid, and uh, Liverpool is lucky. Let's put it that way. Joel's the man. Is Cameroon in the? Is Cameroon in the African Cup of Nations? I must be honest. I haven't really followed the Afcon um, progression so far, and, and I will closer to the time. I'll get the list of the teams, and I'll see who's playing, and I'll check out who's. Who's not playing? And dare I say, by that point in time, Bobby Firmino is back for Liverpool. You know, we've already got uh, so like people stand-ins. We've got Jota, we've got Firmino, and dare I say, dare I say, Dibok Origi. You know, for for Liverpool at that time that you mentioned. But Afcon is a month away. They they leave in about a month's time. Yeah, I think uh, it's. I'm I'm not sure now with the quarantine whether they'll have to quarantine or whether they have to leave earlier. It's it's just unknown. It's it's quite a thought and and here's one for for the listeners out there. When when the the gents leave to go to the Afcon, know that Diwakarigi will is most likely going to be a starting forward for Liverpool, and he comes in at four point eight. 4.8 to spearhead the Liverpool attack. There's some food for thought, uh, in your FPL. So, uh, if, if, uh, uh, if you guys were trying to keep secrets and not share, know that we share over here. We, sh- we try to share those good ideas and that is one of them. Have you considered it, Prishan? Have you thought about Divo Karigi coming in? I, I, I thought of options. I thought of selling Salah and then buying him back. I bought him from the time FPL started. I don't think his price will drop significantly. To, oh, to, that's, that's a concern, to, isn't it? So I don't know whether I'll just have to let him sit on the bench until he's back or what. It's it's unknown. 
Yeah, I, I face the same dilemma um, in, in from an FPL perspective purely because he's worth 13, 13 right now and we can sell him for 12.8. Um, so that, that's the value that we'll get for him. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it is a little bit of a concern. But maybe, maybe we'll see how far he goes up because he might drop 0.2 in those two weeks. You have to consider he's probably going to be gone for five games. And that is, that is, you know, 15% of the, the batches. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure the five games, but, um, it's five I, game I, weeks. I think it's going to be. I, it's it's in between the the Caraba Cup semi-finals, okay. uh, the both legs, and and uh, FA Cup uh, the third and the fourth round. So so basically, when I looked at it, if Egypt does not make the final, he could be just missing two game weeks. Okay, um, they start, but okay, so they've got to go beforehand. I don't know how, how long beforehand. They've got to do whatever shots that they've got to do, whatever vaccinations they'll, they'll be forced to do. And so they'll arguably be leaving a week before. So consider the 2nd of January. And then, sure. Um, uh, I, I know. Look, I, in the beginning of the season, that Liverpool had an agreement uh, to let uh, Mane and Salah and their players go as soon as the Chelsea game is finished. Okay. So we'll see what so, happens so closer think, to the time. I think it's uh, it, there's too much that's up in the air. There's in, there's enough conversation, and with the whole Omicron, Omicron variant, um, yeah. who knows what's going to happen. Who knows if the AFCON even goes ahead? Let's put it that way. Uh, that's that's the exactly nobody knows. Yeah. So uh, things that are, will that uh, that are non-AFCON related uh, and Premier League related. Chelsea eventually dropped points, um, significant points again. I say again because their last five games have not been kind to them. Two wins, two draws, and a loss. And they lost to West Ham. Now, I know I made a big call for West Ham last week saying, you know, at home, I did expect something to happen there and we shouldn't look past West Ham too easily. West Ham gets the job done, gets three points. You know, uh, although they do trail Chelsea still by six points, so the pride of London still belongs to Chelsea. Chelsea from first to third in the table, or now two points behind City um, with Liverpool in between. Uh, the sandwich in between City on the back of five wins, Liverpool on the back of four wins. The Premier League table at the top, you'd say it would be a three-horse race, and I keep thinking it's going to be a three-horse race, but know that West Ham have made points on the on the top position. They, they've made points and they've taken points off Chelsea. The question is, can West Ham maintain this form? Because right behind them, two points behind them, is Tottenham, would you believe it, on the back of three wins. So the third uh, third form team in place for third in form in the Premier League right now is Tottenham Hotspurs. Can you believe it? From first to last, to, to last and then back up again. 
it's been a, it's been a crazy Spurs, ride uh, for Spurs, man. Yeah, and, and, and they, you know, they get postponed and interruption with their games, so manager change. Uh, something has to turn for Spurs. And it looked like it looks like it has happened because let's assume Spurs do. It was the Spurs versus Burnley game that was postponed. Am I correct? If I have to think back. Yeah. Now, That's should they get the three points over Burnley by the time they play Burnley? I think Spurs again is going to be a lot more settled. Let's let's assume that they pick up those three points. That would put them on twenty eight points. You know, barring anything that happened, which sits them only five behind Chelsea. One ahead of West Ham, so there is there is, there is there is a lot of London teams fighting at the top. Um, after Tottenham comes Man United on twenty four points, so they're a point behind Tottenham. Obviously, Tottenham with a game in hand, and they've come off the back of two uh, two wins. I mean, one which was expected. I did expect actually uh, Crystal Palace to do a little bit better against them. Um, actually, I expected Arsenal to do better against them as well. So I'm surprised that they've got the two wins in a row. But again, the, you know, such as football, Arsenal on the back of two losses, so it hasn't gone pretty for them, uh, losing to Arsenal, losing to Everton. So here, here you're looking at a table from fourth position all the way down to seventh position is separated by four points. <laughs> and it's it, yeah, it's it's. It's it's amazing how the, that two wins can get you right right back into the uh, the mix, and two losses can get you right back down. Now, f- please feel free to fact check me on this because I'm not entirely sure if I saw this right. I don't know if my eyes were lying to me. Brighton haven't won a game in the last ten matches that they have played. They are only four points behind Man United. They are sitting ninth in the table. I, I, I can only see the last five, but they haven't won. They've they've drawn four and they lost one. And I, I'm going to go. So, I'm going to go fact check myself right now. But I believe I believe what I saw was Brighton have not won a match in ten games. In the Premier League. Okay, so while, while, while I get that up so long as well, I just want to point out then what, what I've said, four points from fourth to seventh from eighth, which is Wolves, another four points all the way down to 13th, which is Brentford. And they're also only a single point ahead of Crystal Palace, Leeds and Southampton, which is three points ahead of Watford, which is three points ahead of, can you believe it, Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich to take up the final three. This season could not be any tighter. Now, I that three points for Newcastle coming into this scenario and you start to look at where it's like, you know, we might as well at one point I'm thinking to myself, you know, can they actually be saved? Can they make it? You know, they're just not getting wins. It's just, it's everything is going really poorly for them. Norwich is showing a little bit of form. They were unbeaten in four. Uh, Burnley were unbeaten in four. Newcastle, on the other I, hand. I, hmm? I, I feel that Leeds, there's something not right there. They've been stuck with too much of injuries and, and I, and I, and I feel that they could be one of the teams struggling this season. 
Yes, I, I, I agree. And I think they're about to go through a really horrible run. But what they do have coming out of that is Patrick Bamford is back. Um, eventually, I just, they have a target. I just, read, I just read today that he's injured again. What? Yeah. So I'm not sure how true it is. But, but I did read because I, I did consider him because um, Tony... Tony got COVID and I've got him in my team and I'm looking for a replacement. And then when I saw that, I'm like, who do I replace with? You just, you just can't find a man. And I was correct. Brighton have not won a game. The last time they won a game was when they beat Leicester on the 19th of September. Since then they have, they drew to Palace, drew to Arsenal, drew to Norwich, lost to City, drew to Liverpool, drew to Newcastle, lost to Villa, drew to Leeds, Drew to West Ham, drew to Southampton. They're sitting in ninth position. They haven't won a single match in the last 10. It is unbelievable, and they're still in the top half of the table. It is a crazy, crazy thought to think that they are 15 points behind City right now. 15 points behind City, who is tabletop league leaders. And in the last 10 matches, they haven't won a single game. It's, I, 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 didn't, I didn't see that set until you pointed it out, but, but very well done for pointing that out. It's been a crazy season. I mean, I, I keep looking at the table and I keep looking at the results. I keep thinking to myself, I don't, I just, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to finish in Champions League. I'm pretty sure convinced there will be City, Liverpool, Chelsea. I don't know what's going to happen from positions. From four to four to probably, I'm pretty sure Norwich is still going to go down. I actually said Watford right at the beginning of the season. I think I said I think they're yo yo up and down, and I think I had Southampton or Burnley as the other team to go down. I don't know who's going down. We're looking at this table. I assume I still assume Norwich. I still think Norwich is the team that's going to be out of sorts. I still think Burnley's going to be out of sorts. Um, it could be Leeds, man. It could be Leeds. And for as poorly as Leeds have played, I've been like all over Crystal Palace, been praising them, thinking, oh, they've been absolutely fantastic. Crystal Palace, great team. They're doing wonderful things. Crystal Palace have the same amount of points as Leeds and Southampton. I just, I don't get it. I don't know what I'm watching. It, it just seems to be. It's, it's, it's crazy at times what you're watching. For sure. For sure. And then the last thing that I, I want to talk about before getting into the game week preview. Did you watch, um, the, did you see a little bit of the Burnley game against Newcastle? Which day was that game? Just need to check something. On the fourth. Um, I think I- the one where Callum Wilson scored the only goal of the game. Uh, no, I didn't watch. I think there was another game on at the same time. So let me tell you what happened. Um, the ball was, uh, the ball was crossed in. Um, Pope comes running out. Uh, he tries to gather the ball, two hands on the ball. But what he does is he dives over, hands out in front of him, dives over the play in front of him, and then he fumbles the ball. Uh, Callum Wilson picks up the ball. And puts it into the back of the net. Clinical. It was, it was a great finish. 
um, putting it in there. The way that he had to pick it up and turn and shoot. All those wonderful things. And then there was the... Uh, um, the, I don't quite call it the mass attack, but the 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 swarming of the referee, you know, and they're like, oh, this man fouled me, blah 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 blah. Ref waves it away, says, no no no, you fumbled the ball. And and uh, I've always felt that goalkeepers get away with too much. Like it's like you you're looking at arguably the biggest man on the field from either team. It usually is the goalie, either that or the central defenders, but it usually is the goalie. And he dives over the littler people and and he fumbles or a goalie will fumble the ball or something will get knocked off, knocked off. And I'd say that with air quotes as if our listeners could hear it, but you could see me do it. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, the, the goalie's had it rough. You know, he's got a, you know, the goalie's been fouled, that type of thing. I think to myself, why do we keep feeling sorry for the goalie's? And then the ref uh, waved it away, said, no, sorry, sorry, Nick, uh, suck it. Uh, the goal stands. Be a big boy, put your big boy pants on. Uh, not calling that a foul. That's a goal for Newcastle. And uh, and obviously it was the only goal of the game. And most excellent to see Newcastle eventually win. So I was actually super, super stoked, super happy. I can't imagine the Newcastle fans were just as happy. And I think they said you have to go back all the way to 2019 was the last time Newcastle fans saw a home victory. Like physically saw, because obviously COVID, you know, they weren't allowed to, to hang out in the stadium. But uh, so all the way back to 2019 was the last time that the, the fans had actually been able to see a home victory until now it's been that long yeah it's, uh, I, I actually was watching the Brighton and Spurs game because uh, my, ca- my captain in FPL yeah, yeah my captain in FPL son was uh, playing there what, what a what a what a man what a legend um, son and I believe he's he's one of the chaps that have got COVID eh that's what I heard also. Yeah, so it's not a great time, but yeah, so obviously I can, and then I suppose is, is, is where FPL drives viewership for the, the Premier League. It, it creates the necessity to watch games that you might not be watching purely because you have said interest in there. So if anyone ever wonders, be like, listen, why do we have FPL? Why is FPL free? Why do we get prizes for playing it? You know, what's the whole reason behind it? It is to spurn on the viewership to make sure that you're engaged so they can push up the numbers so they can say to the advertisers, look, you want to advertise during the um, the football, you know, before in the middle of it or whatever on the screen or whatnot uh, surrounding the, the game. This, this is what you have to do. This is, uh, we've got these numbers and now you have to pay X amount of money because we have so many more people watching. Well, needless to say, every time you're flicking over between channel to channel, they're recording you, you as a, as one person, as, uh, as multiple views on different channels. They're like, look, this game got this many views, this game got this many views and so forth and so on. And and we have what arguably about nine million people playing FPL. Those nine million people watch a lot of football. Well, a lot of them watch Definitely. a lot of football. Yeah, 
even even if it's a dead game, as long as I have that one player, I'll be shouting at him. <laughs> so so yes, um, it's one, also one of those biases uh, when when we're trying to eye out players. I do find myself doing that. Uh, maybe maybe it is, and I know it was Liverpool. We played Wolves. I, I can't help but look at um, Adama Traore and keep thinking to myself, this man is so close to being able to... He needs to add a better touch, you know, uh, in the final third and probably a little bit more uh, clinical, um, better decision-making in the final third. And, and you're looking at almost a complete footballer because the man is the man is something else to watch. Uh, it's nice to see him starting again. And I hope, I hope, I hope this weekend against Man City, he bangs. Yeah, but uh, in January when uh, when uh, he decides to move, I'm sure Jurgen Klopp will sort his problem out. I hope so. I'm I'm a fan. I I, I just I don't know if. <sighs> I don't, I don't know. There, there's parts. There's just some parts that's missing in his game, and I think Jurgen could fix it. I think Jurgen could fix it, but then again, I look at Jurgen Klopp, and yep. I think he can fix anything. Um, uh, a six-pointer. Let's call it a six-pointer. Is opening up our game week on Friday night. Is Watford versus uh, well Brentford versus Watford. Brentford are at home. They haven't had the greatest run. They, they've dropped off quite a bit. Their last win actually comes against Everton. Um, Everton, who eventually got a win for the first time in like forever. Uh, Watford have been struggling. They they got smashed by Leicester. They they were beat by Chelsea. Although it was two one, it was it was really a Chelsea game. And then they were smashed by City. How do you see this match going? These are two promoted teams. You know, they're coming up against each other. They've had significant play in the Premier League. They understand the Premier League type of game. Uh, and now I, to be I, in this I, scenario to, to play in the Premier League for what could be considered a six-pointer, how would you feel about this game? Uh, it's 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 actually a good game to start off the weekend. Um, but... I, I think Watford will 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 win this one. I think that uh, those um, what's his name? Ranieri Dennis. is the coach. Oh, the yeah. Dennis uh, will be the difference because I think uh, Brentford are going to be missing quite a few players, star players. Uh, 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 Tony is out with COVID. Um, Canos is suspended. I think he's. I read today that he had a second yellow card for taking off his shirt in a goal celebration in the last game. That's ridiculous. And that's his. That, that's his fourth of the season and one game suspension. Yeah, so he, he's out. You're hundred percent correct. Uh, Tony is out because of COVID. But further than that, I don't, I don't really know. Um... Anybody else? Anybody else that is uh, significant to their starting lineup at Brentford? That's an issue. Where Watford, obviously, I think they're missing a bunch of people. I mean, um, Ishmael Azar is still out. Uh, actually, yeah. that might be the only only big big concern for them. But yes, uh, the Emmanuel Dennis in for um, 
in for Watford. I do I have him in my FPL side? Yes, yes I do. Do I want uh, Watford to win this game? Uh, yes, I don't mind. Uh, it could be a 3-3 thriller. Um, Dennis getting three goals at hat-trick. I think he deserves it. It's about time for my FPL team. I need it. Um, so I don't mind. I'll be... I'll be looking forward to that. Um, Joshua King is another man from from the um, Watford team from an FPL perspective as well. You know, he comes in at a measly five point seven, the same as Emmanuel Dennis. And and you know, you know they form they formed quite a nice partnership over there. And then I think they have that Kucho as well, but he sits a little bit deeper. I think they've got him in FPL a little bit out of position. I think he he sits. I don't think he always sits that far forward. I could could be wrong. I have been wrong in the past before. Let me confirm with you because I know he played the last game. Um, in against the, the thing is, uh, I'm I'm sure Ranieri will tell will will tell his boys that it's a six pointer this and they have to win and go all out for a win because the last three games they've they've got nothing. And and with, without Tony and and the uh, the other guy in the Brentford team, it's a perfect opportunity for them to get one on their rivals. Yeah, I hope you're right. Uh, I also I can see myself uh, leaning towards a Watford win, purely because I'm more surprised about Brentford's attackers, uh, their out and out strikers, underperforming throughout the season. Uh, and, and that, that's created a concern with Watford underneath Ranieri. They've looked, they've looked like they've changed their mentality there. There, there is something about them that you know that Watford is going to come at Brentford. Whether they can keep a clean sheet like, is probably unlikely. They've conceded 29 this season. So. When I look at Brentford, like, um, when I was looking for the lineup, uh, uh, the other day, and I'm trying to see who's the striker that will replace Tony. There was nobody. It was just uh, Kanos and uh, uh, Bium, uh who was up front. I'm like, they don't have another proper striker on the bench? Well, I mean, let me see what I, what I can find, um, you know, the, for, for the game. I just want to make sure, yeah. Uh, no, I don't. Probably a little bit closer to the time. We'll we'll see about that. Expecting starting position, especially in the forwards. But yes, so Watford come out there, and I think Watford get it done. I think Watford probably win this game three two or three one. Um, Watford do seem to be picking up goals now. That I mean, they they've been able to score against City and Chelsea. Yeah, you know, that's two of the most resilient defenses that there is. In the Premier League, uh, yes, they got two against Leicester, and there was a time when they scored four against United. But uh, you know, all, all, all call, call a spade a spade. It was uh, United were chasing two at that time, so the, those last goals came in, you know, last couple of minutes yeah. when United were all gung ho. So I won't read too much into the four over there. What for two one? Let's put it that way. I also think I uh, think Watford will win three uh, one. Okay, Emmanuel um, Dennis hat trick. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure as yet because I, I still got a wild card pending. Okay. I'm just waiting to see. 
I'm just waiting to see uh, what's, what Spurs are going to do because I've got a lot of Spurs assets. I've got lots of players who has Colbert who's on yellow and I, I think I have to use it. Okay. So yeah, you'll make that decision a little bit closer to the time. Uh, yeah. Right. So then that closes out Friday evening on Saturday. We open up against, and I think this is going to be a cracker of a match to watch Man City versus Wolves. Do I think it could arguably be the game of the weekend? Um, quite possibly could be the game of the weekend. Uh, when, when you look at where the teams are sitting in the tables, it's, it's probably, yeah, that, that would probably be the highest, uh, fight at the top, uh, closest to the top city coming up against Wolves. That's first versus eighth in the table. So that will, will most likely feature some very interesting things. Do we think Bernardo Silva is overperforming for, uh, city? Um, I don't think he's overperforming. I think the way Peps uses his players is very smart because if you look at the Champions League weekday, he hasn't used any one of them. And then he uses them in the league. So he's basically got like two teams that he can choose from every week and have one team for the Premier League. So, so I think, uh, I, I've always rated Bernardo Silva, but Looks like he's just blossomed all of a sudden again. He, you know, he's doing something else. Uh, I, I, re- I read an article uh, where somebody had said if it wasn't for Salah, Bernardo Silva would be player of the Premier League right now. Which is like that sounds like some high praise. Um, maybe a little bit too high praise. I was like, I wonder if a City fan wrote this. You know that type of thing. No, uh, but. It, there is value to it, what we are saying. Yeah, it, it wasn't a City fan who wrote it. It was Pep Guardiola who said it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, then somebody uh, decided to paraphrase or claim it as their own. Um, which, no, but he, hmm. he said, Pep Guardiola actually said that Bernardo Silva is the best player in the Premier League at the moment. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's saying. I mean, it's Mo Salah. Everyone knows it. The whole world knows it. That being said, that being said, Bernardo Silva has been on it um, off late. And I think the last five games have come back with uh, five goals. So there is value to, to what is what is being said there. And considering that, he still is... Now, if I told you the whoever, whoever i mean if i told anyone you know this time in the in the premier league if you were going to build a team and you had to build a team based on people's figures the the tied second highest uh, point scorer in fpl right now is a midfielder at 7.6 million i i i would buy him Definitely. So now if you're considering wild carding, keep that in mind, mm-hmm. Bernardo Silva, because obviously uh, you look at the fixture run that City go on, it's Wolves, Leeds, Newcastle, Leicester, Brentford, Arsenal. So they've got some really nice games coming right now. Obviously we're going to go they, through they, they, the they, Christmas period where there's a lot of squad rotation. Yeah, that, that, that's the only problem with Pep Guardiola. Is that the day I, I decide to put Bernardo Silva, I probably won't even come off the bench. 
Well, he's uh, played every single game. He started every single game except for the first match against Tottenham. And I've just put him in my team, uh, my FPL team. So, yes, I'm pretty much under the impression it's about to go. It's about to. <laughs> he's about to sit on the bench. Um, so I, I might have made a mistake over there. I hope I didn't. Um, that being said, if he can, he can blank this week for me in FPL because, again, I think I had this dropped Andreas a message. Um, Right when, uh, right after the Liverpool game, and I said to him, I was like, "Look, uh, I know because I had Salah as my captain." I was like, "Forget that you forget the fantasy a second after after the league. Yeah, fantasy is all good and well; it's all nice to have, but you know, Liverpool doing better in the league is far more important than Salah doing better in the league." As an individual, if Salah does great as an individual and the team profits from that even better, then it's a win-win scenario. Um, however, as a Liverpool man, I want City to drop points and I know we've just played Wolves. And although this is, you know, this is obviously the point that I'm trying to get to, although Liverpool did outplay Wolves and we probably should have scored, I mean, we should have scored uh, a few more goals than we did. The fact is, it took Liverpool ninety odd minutes to get that to get a goal, uh, and Wolves in their measly thirty three percent of possession did look promising until they got to the final third, and that has been the case in the past for them. And there are times early in the season. Because they've been a little bit jackal and hide in in the way that they've gone about business, and I did say say to Andreas last week, I always think Wolves is one game away of clicking, but I don't know if well I know they don't have consistency in them, but they can put it to, if they put it together for ninety minutes, they're going to be a very tough team to beat, and with uh, Adamatari running at uh, at a City team, he he's a, he's a big man. And he's going to be tough to stop. Now, if they can, if they can work in the front a little bit better, there's there's a thought that Wolves could make this game tough for City. I think City still win. I just, I I don't know, man. It's I maybe it's the belief in it. I'm hoping that uh, that Adama can create something. I'm I'm not sure whether Wolves can put up another defensive uh, display two weeks in a row. Well, right, I don't the think they, they put. put against... See, I don't I don't agree with that. Uh, uh, I think that uh, Liverpool made their defense look good. Con- keep in mind that Wolves' defense had to had to deal with 17 goal attempts, of which five were on target. It, it's not. When you've had to face 17 goal attempts, your defense is probably not as good as it has been made out to be. Um, again, blocked shots. They blocked four shots in the game. Uh, and, and like I said, you know, this goes down to maybe Liverpool made them look a little bit good. And I don't want to focus on the, the Wolves defense because I don't necessarily think the, their defense is strong enough to hold out City. 
I just think that if they if their attack is clicked together, there's value there that they can score goals. And you've seen teams yeah. who are physical um, being able to press and get goals against City in the past. And Wolves is a physical team. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Wolves are going to use the Adama to Sayari up front again. So, um, um, yeah. So, hopefully, Wolves, I'm going with the Wolves to pull a, pull a one, one upset for City. Okay. It's a brave so, call. It's yeah. a brave call that. Um, let's see. I, I just don't want to, I wonder how they lost, uh, a couple games have gone. Um, I don't, I don't think Wolves have a very promising run, uh, you know, head to head against, uh, against, uh, Man City, but yeah, it's going to, it's going to be a tough one for, uh, for Wolves to get a result over there and their attack is going to have to be spot on, spot on if they're going to be able to get that right. Um, however, uh, 2-1 Man City victory. I hate myself for saying it, but I know I'm probably right. 2 or 3-1 for City. Uh, City City looked just too good uh, right now. They're, they are the team in form. They are on top of the Premier League. They have scored 32 goals. They've only conceded nine in all this time. So they're not, they're not a bad squad, uh, at all. Uh, that takes us into Arsenal versus Southampton. Arsenal come off the back of two, two losses, which they should not have had against them. And then you look at Arsenal, you think they should have beat United. They tanked that one. Um, yes, that horrible penalty, uh, I made reference to Fred's dive over there. And then they lost to Everton, which was again, I mean, it was a very timely win for Rafa Benitez to, to get that, uh, to, to get that win, considering Richarlison can't do anything but score and be denied twice out of his three goals that, <laughs> uh, two offsides and a legal goal. That being said, Arsenal walk into the Southampton game. You still have to believe, although Arsenal have lost two in a row on Southampton, I mean, they've drawn two in a row. You have to still believe that Arsenal are the favorites for this game. Could you, could you see anything else in Arsenal winning against Southampton? I just don't, I, I can't see Southampton winning. Let's put it that way. They do seem to be a draw machine. I, I, I also can't see Southampton winning. I also see Arsenal winning. But I've also heard that there's a bit of a problem between Ateta and Aubameyang that has crept into the Arsenal camp. Well, I can I can believe that. Um, let's put it this way. I'm going to ask you a question. Put yourself in Ateta's shoes. You're a manager of Arsenal, and your star striker is uh, rubbish. You're definitely going to bench him or drop him. Yeah. And and what is that? What um, is that? What he's unhappy about? I'm, I'm, I'm unsure what he's unhappy about, but they, they, there was something I was reading today about the bust up between him and Arteta, and that he wants to leave the club in January. But he, I, I think he's also going to African Cup of Nations, so he'll definitely be leaving the club. 
Yeah, well, um, yeah, that's probably for the best. I think, I think Arteta wouldn't, it'd be like, okay, at least that opens up a position for somebody that actually might want to play football these days. Um, the days of Aubameyang, I don't know, and Jeremy always talks about it as well, whether that his contract went to his head, whether it's the Arsenal captain curse. Oh, it's a stupid thing to say. Uh, as if there's a real captain curse. Do you believe in curses? Hey? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, it's like, uh, <laughs> it always reminds me of that joke with uh, the wife screaming to the husband. You know, she's got uh, she's got one of those voodoo dolls, and she pushes the pin, in and she asks her husband, "Does your stomach hurt?" And he's like, "No." And then she tries again. She's like, "And, and now?" <laughs> so, uh, so I, I don't know, man. To to believe that there is a, such a thing as a captain's curse for Arsenal is the the stupidest thing I've heard. I just think uh, maybe they get paid too much money, and uh, something goes to their head. <laughs> If, if you're the captain, you've got to work harder, as far as I'm concerned. Harder than anyone else. I I don't know what's what's with the Obama Yang. Where, where to next if he has to leave Arsenal? Who's going to take him? Um, isn't there like really big contracts in a, in America or China? Maybe he goes Turkey. They like to, they like to head off uh, Turkey direction usually, don't they? I, I don't know because I still think he'll want to play at the top level. If he's going anywhere else, he's not playing at the top level. Is he playing at the top level right now? I don't know whether he wants to play for Arteta. That's the problem. Yeah, well, look, if you're gonna if you want to make your case that you want to go somewhere else, you know, or if you want to show someone else up, uh, put in the results, uh, make uh, make a name for yourself. Or, or again, remake your name for yourself as to be one of the world class guys, and then say to say to every Champions League competing team that, hey, listen, I'm yeah, I'm waiting, and I want to go somewhere. I want to play Champions League football. Come get me. That's what he's got to do. Instead, um, he's decided to drag his name through the mud, so to speak, and play. Uh, play like rubbish. And occasionally, I mean, there's flashes of him doing things, but he had been on a decline for years. Uh, I think Arsenal, when you, when we mention Arsenal these days, you're talking Smith Rowe, you're talking Saka, you're talking Odengard, you're, you're even talking about the wingbacks, Gabriel, he, he's doing well, he's being about that. Um, what's a Japanese chap's name? Uh, just getting. Toyun saw something. Yeah. Toyunso, Tomori. Yeah, Tom, Tomori, Tom, uh, Tomiyasu, what? Yeah, Tomiyasu. Tom, so he's, I mean, and, and you're, you're starting to look at these, these players and that these are quality or they're bringing out, uh, they're showing, they're showing some class. And which one of them is a big name? Name, out of the names I've just mentioned to you. I haven't mentioned to you Lacazette. I haven't mentioned to you Aubameyang. I haven't even mentioned Pepe, who's got pretty old, you know, pretty long in the tooth, so to speak, if you want to call it that. But the fact is they have options right now. Uh, Arsenal have options. They have more than one goal scorer around the field. They have a team underneath Arteta. They're still trying to trying to find their way at times. You, you can see it isn't they, – they aren't 100% there – the rebuilding process started last season. 
I didn't expect too much from them this season. They have actually uh, surprised me more than I thought for two reasons. They surprised me how poorly they started. Then they surprised me with the run that they went on. And now they're surprised. I'm surprised with their two losses in a row, but you know, I'm going to put that down to anomalies right now and assume that they will get back onto winning ways, which leads to question. And I have to say it out of Southampton, you look at Southampton, you know, there's two, there's two guys that really stand out for me that have been quality all season. It's at Livermento. Um, sorry, three guys possibly. You could say Redmond has been there. And then Brozier, when he's on the field, he doesn't always start. But I do think there's something about the, that Armando Brozier for Southampton. So they do have what seems to be like a pacey return. They can get back, um, right back at teams, uh, in, in the counter attack. And I don't know yeah. how they're going to play against, uh, against the Gunners. Take me through your thoughts. Um, I actually I didn't watch Arsenal's last game. Uh, I watched drips and jabs of it, but I I, I think Arsenal will have too much uh, for Southampton, and may, may, maybe Southampton can get a goal uh, or so, but um, I I doubt it. I think Arsenal will win three 0 but I also see Smithrow is still seventy five percent chance of playing. I, I'm not really sure what what injury he had uh, in the last game that he didn't start. Um, apparently, it is a uh, something in the pelvic region, as far as I understand. Um, a tight, could be could be a tight groin. I think it was the last thing that I remember being mentioned. However, that is a while ago, so. Um, potential return. They said, you know, obviously this weekend. Not entirely sure if that's going to be happening, um, but again, I do have Saka in my in my FPL team. So with Smithrow not starting, hopefully, hopefully, I can get some value in Saka, and hopefully Saka gets uh, becomes becomes the man for uh, the Arsenal Southampton game. You're shaking I, I, your I head. Hope, I hope Smithrow starts. Okay. Well, uh, obviously, uh, I mean, obviously, it won't hurt if both of them start. It would just be great if uh, Saka gets uh, gets a few more points. Uh, I need it. I need points more than you. Obviously, we'll talk about our FPL tables just now, so uh, don't don't be greedy. You don't have to hog all those points. Uh, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking to yourself, um, if Arsenal aren't going to be scoring points this weekend, because uh, is or, or, is Arsenal going to be scoring points this weekend? I'm sure they will. Okay. Uh, they they should win. I I predict they should win three no. So the other team that uh, that plays from um, London, can you see Chelsea getting a a three nil as well against Leeds, or how do you see that game going? Um, I'm actually watching the the Chelsea game, uh, Champions League game now, and their their defense is looking all over the show. Um, they've already conceded at two goals. Uh, it's only half time. Uh, so, if Leeds come out and play some attacking football, I'm, I'm hoping Leeds can uh, go at them. But I highly doubt it with Leeds form. But uh, yeah, maybe Chelsea should win comfortably three 0 
against um, Leeds and uh, could could see the return of Lukaku and Mason Mount. It looks like a very good uh, FPL asset as well. Yeah, look, so obviously, and that's that's probably the big thing. Mason Mount comes back into the back into the team um, against Watford. He looked quality. He comes in against Chelsea. He looks quality again. I mean, he's definitely someone you can build around. Um, and you, you did what you didn't mention now was the fact that Timo Werner uh, well, did open up the scoring for Chelsea tonight against Saint Saint Petersburg. So Timo Werner gets a goal. However, if you look at their, the, you you can definitely tell it's a very um, weakened team for for Chelsea. And I, I believe they've already qualified, haven't they? Uh, for the next, yeah, they've yeah, already qualified, so it, it doesn't really matter what happens now. They finish second. They won't finish on top of the group. Yeah, but you're through, and and you've got the, the you've got the weekend coming in the Premier League, and you've already dropped some points there. Uh, I don't know. The, uh, only, yeah. the, the only advantage of them uh, losing tonight and Juventus winning is that. Liverpool won't have to play anyone in that group. Okay. Uh, would you be concerned if we had to play anyone in that group? Uh, no, I won't be concerned. Yeah, so uh, the truth be told, it's... Uh, I mean, we, Liverpool came... I know we're talking about Liverpool again, and it's the very next match we're, we're going to talk about. So we'll we'll get to Liverpool and we'll get to Liverpool... Uh, and we'll speak about Liverpool's group of death in the uh, Champions League and what happened there. But let's talk about Chelsea. Chelsea are definitely playing a more of a second-string side to what they normally play uh, this evening against Zenit St. Petersburg. Yes, they've come off a loss against West Ham. I don't see them losing two in a row, and I don't see them dropping points two games in a row, especially not against a defense like Leeds. Leeds have leaked in 22 goals this season. They've managed to score 15, but they've conceded 22 goals this season. Chelsea conceded nine, scored 35. Worlds apart. I said the same thing when Liverpool were playing somebody else, and I'm pretty sure it was, it didn't go, it didn't go great for me when I said those words. So, so, but uh, I, I can't be wrong all the time. Sometimes, sometimes stats actually just stats are stats for a reason. There is a reason to believe Chelsea are going to walk into this Leeds game. Chelsea are going to smash Leeds because Leeds defense is non-existent uh, currently, or at least it looks like that on the field. And Chelsea don't, as long as they have some someone dictating from from the midfield. Um, and possibly, you know, bringing back to, to what you're saying, or well, we're looking at the teams, you're, you're looking at, um, Mason Mount in the team and Mason Mount feeding, um, your Lukaku's, your, well, I'll say, yeah, feeding your Lukaku's. I would say feeding the Timo Werner's of the world, but you've got to bring back Ziet. He's got to come back. And how does, how does their, uh, injuries look like right now? Chelsea, are they, are they suffering any big injuries? Um, apart from, uh, so Kante's out, Chilwa's out, Chol Belo's out, uh, Kovacic is out. So you've still got Mason Mount feeding Lukaku. <clears throat> he's, he's gonna be doing that. Um, you've got, uh, Ziyech will come back, who at times looks absolutely amazing. 
Um, so there is there is a class about Chelsea. I cannot get past that. I think they have a great team. Um, Leeds is very lucky that they've got Patrick Bamford back. It might change the way that they score goals in the front now. However, it's going to be very, very difficult to see that their, their runner form changes because they go Chelsea, City, uh, Arsenal, Liverpool. That is their next four games. It's not a great time for Leeds. After that, they've got Villa, Burnley. So by that point in time, hopefully they're thinking, let's just get the game week 19, uh, reassess, revalue, re-energize, reinvigorate, um, and start to try get some points on the board. But I don't see them really pulling anything out in the next four games. At all, yeah. Leeds. Uh, that's why at the beginning I told you that I'm, I'm, I'm worried about Leeds for the season because they look like they, at the moment, without Bamford. Because now I'm looking his red again and 25% chance of playing muscle injury. All right, let's go see which injury that so, one is. Thigh injury, hamstring injury. I think he, after he's crappy for them as soon as he scored, as soon as he scored that goal he 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 held his knee to something hey oh that that doesn't sound great well like i said um hopefully he can rest it up in the next four games because you weren't expecting much to come from leeds in the next couple of games so that being said final score comfortable 3-0 chelsea for me as well How- I'll, I'll go for a comfortable 3-1 victory for for Chelsea. Rafinha with a with a with a with a goal there. Is Rafinha in your FPL team? Okay, and Priscilla is nodding right now. So uh, just so the so the listeners know, just know that uh, I don't have Rafinha in my team, and uh, I do have uh, Marcus Alonso and Reese James in my defense. So. Uh, <clears throat> Chelsea 3-0, uh, all the goals coming from Alonso and James in defense. It would be great. It would be a great weekend for me. I need, <laughs> I need one. Uh, and then we're off to Anfield, Liverpool versus Aston Villa. Liverpool, welcome back. Steven Gerrard, Steven Gerrard coming back as the Aston Villa manager. Uh, Liverpool obviously have just their, their second, second, uh, best, uh, run currently in form in the Premier League. Behind Man City, but since the West Ham loss, it's been a 4 0 uh, Arsenal, 4 0 Southampton, 4 1 Everton, 1 0 against Wolves. Divock Origi, man, what, what a legend. He is the best worst player. <laughs> is, is he, is he the best worst player? I mean, because it, you you look at you look at the team, you're thinking every season you're going to go, you know, we should probably offload him, you know, and if, you're thinking, but if Afcon is coming this year, so we can't offload Divock Origi. We were going to sell him to Wolves, but he denied the transfer to go through to Wolves. He's decided he's going to stay at Liverpool, and does he just score big goals? I I I. I think uh, we need to um, uh, give him the contract that uh, Rio Ferdinand wants to give to Oliver and Sasha. All those, yeah. All the, when he won that uh, game and he said must give it to uh, this thing. That's the contract Divock Arigi needs. 
he's just been unbelievable at times for us. I want him it's, to end his Liverpool career, uh, end his career by Liverpool. Uh, and I don't want to say it as a bench warmer, but <laughs> I, you got you got to think. You put yourself in Divock's shoes for a second, and I saw I saw somebody somebody else, um, someone else pass a comment, being like, in in years from now, there's so many kids that's going to be called Divock. Um, and they're not going to know why, and they're not going to know where it comes from. So it uh, it was it was it's a fun thought that um, Divakarigi man, what what a what a fantastic uh, come uh, come onto the field, get the job done, get that goal. He scores the important ones. Liverpool walk away with a one 0 victory over Wolves. But let's not kid ourselves right now. Liverpool's attack was impotent for most of the game. We had yes, a lot of promise. And we were poor. I don't can't understand how Jota missed that. <laughs> yeah, I, he, he, I don't. I don't know why what he was trying to do there, but he could have easily had more more than one goal. I think I, I don't, yeah, that's it. I just, I don't get it. And Liverpool do have this tendency to go through these patches where we just seem to attack without, without teeth. There's no, there's no bite to our bark. It just feels there's times that we do that. However, I can say usually we don't tend to go into a scenario where, you know, it's game after game after game. However, we experienced that last season, but that was to do, uh, that had a lot more to do with significant injuries. We were hit hard by injuries. Um, and I think, uh, obviously we're not in that scenario right now, but we are welcoming Villa to, um, to, to Liverpool. Since, uh, Steven Gerrard has started by Villa, he's won four out of the three games that he has played. Uh, or that he has uh, been played as manager. <laughs> Stephen Jarrett playing manager. Yeah. Um, he, he got the win against Brighton. He got it against Palace. He lost to City 2-1. Uh, and then he beat Leicester 2-1. He now travels to Anfield. He must still get an ovation I, by the by the fans. You can't see, You can't see the fans not loving him. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, he's definitely going to be a, um, an emotional return for him. Um, he, I've How long does team, that last uh, if if Villa score early and he celebrates? If, if Villa, nah, I don't think he'll celebrate. I like uh, today we were we were chatting in one of the WhatsApp groups and the one guy said, "Imagine Liverpool has played Aston Villa at the last game of the season, and Liverpool have to win the game to win the league to um, win the league. <laughs> what, what do you think Steven Gerrard will do?" And then so, so, someone will said, uh, "No, he'll 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 let Liverpool win in the game, and he'll go quietly home and he'll celebrate." <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, and uh, and I uh, and I put there no. I, I think he'll step down before the game. Sure, I I don't know, man. I'll tell you what. Truth, truth be told, I ex- I would expect nothing more or nothing less than Steven Gerrard going out there giving his all to beat Liverpool. I would want that. I would want him to 
in a sense, celebrate that uh, that type of uh, to to celebrate the goals. You know, obviously, I, I say I don't want to say a reserved uh, celebration, but the man is passionate, and I expect at some point in time that he will eventually take the mantle as Liverpool manager. And by the time he gets there, I want him to bring that passion for the team that he is managing. So it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting one. Uh, Aston Villa obviously have changed a lot has changed for them uh, since Steven Gerrard has arrived. Um, they're they're getting they're more active in games again. Uh, I don't want to quite say you know they sorted out their defensive woes, but it they do seem to be more gelled. I I have been watching most of Aston Villa games. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, uh, Everyone's a huge uh, Liverpool fan. Is a Steven Gerrard fan, and I've been watching most of the game, and I'm very, very impressed with the way he's set out his team, the way Villa are playing at the moment, and you, you know, you you can see that a man is set for greatness when by the way he speaks, mm. and when when you watch the Steven Gerrard press conferences and you watch. Everything you can see that this man is built for something big. Hundred uh, percent, and and that's uh, that is very concerning. Walking into the Liverpool, uh, the Liverpool Aston Villa game as a Liverpool fan, knowing that the opposition there there's there's someone leading the opposition that's going to be bringing the fire for them, that has galvanized the, the Villa team, and if Liverpool are Look, Liverpool have got a much better team, a much more uh, refined team. Case in point, the consistency, you know, throughout the the last couple of seasons has has showed that. However, if Liverpool walk in with the same lackluster attack as we walked in against Wolves, I think Aston Villa beat Liverpool at Anfield. I just know that Liverpool have have to have to. Klopp has to make sure that our boys are firing again. I think the the key into settling everything down against Aston Villa will be because it's it's the Steven Gerrard effect that's going to be there. So the thing that Liverpool has to do is get an early goal, and then the fans will start singing Steven Gerrard's name, and it'll become more emotional for them. And and I I see Liverpool if Liverpool score early I see them putting a big score against Villa. I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, I just don't know. If, uh, sometimes I think we get a little bit too complacent. Uh, that's what happened against West Ham, and I don't think Villa is a team, uh, especially right now in terms of form. They they're up there in the. The top five or six. Well, you look at the last four games, three wins and a loss. Um, that's better than Chelsea. It's better than West Ham. I mean, okay, Tottenham is uh, three wins and a draw. It's better than United. They're, so they're, they're arguably the, the, in the last four games, uh, fourth in terms of uh, form, performance. Aston Villa is not a team to look past too quickly right now. Uh, and, you know, Give give uh, give credit where it's due, uh, but I think Liverpool walk out as two nil victors in this game. Yeah, I also think Liverpool walk out as three nil winners. 
Okay. Of this game. I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope you're right. Stephen, yeah. welcome back to, to Anfield, but, uh, it's, uh, the, the niceties are over until the final whistle and then we can, then we can be friends again. Uh, but during the game, uh, it's, uh, it's on like Donkey Kong. It's 19, it's 19 minutes. We just, we just forget you there. <laughs> now, um, talking about forgetting and remembering, it looks like Rolf Regnerick, uh, is getting, uh, getting the United team to remember what a midfield is there about. I, I believe, I believe the, the, the midfield worked a lot more I, in the Palace game than they've worked through. I think they've worked more in the Palace game. Yeah, that midfield worked more in the Palace game than they worked the whole season so far. Um, yeah, you could, you could be correct in saying that, but I've, I've watched the United and, and Palace game. I watched the game and I, I think it'll, it'll take him a, a long time to try to get that pressing style of playing mm. to them. Because at times when I watch them, it's when the ball went to the corner, there's three of them running after the same, same player. Mm. It's like they didn't know which, which, which player needs to run after the, after, after one player. And I, I, I don't think that, uh, the players that he got there, like, are, are built for for the pressing style that he wants to impose. Well, I th- I don't I don't think they're not. I think that this was a conversation I had with Andreas last week. I think they've had the the run of the mill. The the players in the dressing room they've they've commanded what goes on, and the midfielders, case in point, your Pogba's and that type have decided. Hey, listen, we're not going to work. Uh, we don't want to work. We only want to go forward. We don't want to go back. And, you know, that's the job of the defense. And Rolf Regnick is going to come out there and say, hey, listen, uh, you guys can do it my way or, or see the door. And, you know, we're, he's going to sort out that United team. And again, you, you can't ask for a better fixture run, uh, you know, for, to, to get things fixed. I mean, they go Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley, Wolves. So they're up against Norwich. They travel to Norwich. They've actually got the best running from now till maybe February. Yeah, that game week twenty twenty six, I think it was game week twenty six. I, I think. Was, I was looking at that because when they had that uh, that game that running recently, where they had all the big games, and somebody put it in a WhatsApp group that um, how many points you think United will get out of this? I said. I, I said that um, I find it difficult that they'll get one point from all those games. Mm. But now if you ask me that question, I would expect them to get maximum from, I think, the next eight games or so that they're playing, if you if you look at it. Yeah, so their, their run kind of goes like this. It goes, uh, like I said, Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley, Wolves, Villa, West Ham, Burnley, Southampton. So it is it is a... There is some tougher matches. I think by the time they get to Newcastle game week, 19 Newcastle might be 
No, 19 is a little bit too soon for Newcastle. Game week 21, Wolves might be tough. Game week 23, West Ham, you know, is not going to be easy. Game week 22, you know, is going to be Villa. So, you know, they're going to face some some pressure over there. But right now, it's a great run for them. And if Ralph Regnick is going to get that team changed, it's going to be happening soon. Apparently, I can't believe I'm saying this, uh, after all the... After all the things that have been said about uh, Fred, you know, and how terrible he is. And I'd like to point out that the people who have said that are all United supporters. Um, so uh, after all the nasty things that they've said about him, apparently they loved him under, under Regnerick. So, uh, you know, a man transformed, so to speak, whatever it is. It's, it's actually those kind of players who will perform. Under a coach like this, yes, so they've needed the. There's a lot of players that need this type of guidance, need this hand that guides them, that leads them, that uh, that gives purpose to the madness. Uh, and with it, which is obviously under Oli, there was just madness, uh, which is great for the rest of us. But that being said, after all the things that we can say, as bad as United season have been, they are sitting six in the table. One point behind Tottenham. Yes, Tottenham have a game in hand. They're sitting three points behind West Ham. West Ham, who are having still a great season. You know, it's not all is lost there. And they're about to go into the, the, I mean, a run of, a run of fixtures that, uh, that every manager dreams about, you know. So, so again, you know, you'll be, you'll be looking at United really far up there. Um, by by game when, twenty two. When I looked at United's fixture run, it's the first time in FPL history that I'm even considering to see what team he puts out there because I'll have to to get some of the players into my team. Okay, a, a, a Ronaldo Be- in there maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe if uh, Salah is going for African Cup of Nations, could be a. Temporary swap. Okay. Yeah, there, there's such good value there, but yeah, I, I don't know. And Norwich, I mean, I think the, the, the feel good factor of the, of the new manager might have worn a little bit thin. Uh, it's, they've come off a 3 0 loss to Tottenham. They've traveled to Tottenham. They've lost 3 0. They, they are at home now. They're inviting United. United, who, who do generally travel well. Um, they're not a bad traveling side. They they haven't been great at home, but uh, you know on the road, uh, United do t- tend to be pretty good. And I think uh, I think it can be a comfortable three one victory for United over here. Yeah, I also think that United should win um, three three one as well. Um, just as long as the defense get a. Doesn't keep a clean sheet. <laughs> okay, for your FPL. So right then, then we were just mentioning. Obviously, Norwich playing had lost to Spurs, you know, uh, previous week. Now Spurs would be uh, playing on Sunday against Brighton. We are still unsure about this game at this very moment in time. Brighton don't look like they're going to get a result yet. If they do play, we don't even know the types of players, which players are going to play. We don't know how the extent of the uh, COVID virus, which, which, uh, which players have been hit by it. 
we are pretty certain, pretty certain that the biggest name to be hit by it is uh, Son. Uh, I'm pretty sure Son is one of them. I'm not sure about the rest of them. A lot more is going to come out in the next couple of days. I don't want to dive too far into this game from what I am expecting to uh, what is going to happen purely because I don't know the teams uh, that the team that Spurs will be fielding if they are playing. If it is fringe players that uh, that uh, do. Um, if if they got the got the COVID virus, then you know you're still looking at your Canes, Lucas Moura, dude, man, Lucas Moura, what a player, what a player. Yeah, yeah, it's just um, he's he's taken to the new manager as well, and yeah, there's there's, there's certain players who perform for certain managers, and then certain players who just don't perform for the manager at all. Now there, I, there, there is uh, there's a part of me that is thinking that uh, should uh, Spurs sort of whatever else they've got going on, Lucas Moura, if he's going to start getting the minutes, if he's going to be playing, well, he has been playing, but you know, if he's going to start getting um, good ball, you know, that he can be involved, he can do his thing, you know, that he can affect games. If if it forms part of the Conte's manager plans, you know, for the team plans, the team strategy, at six point four, he becomes an almost a shoe in must have for your FPL team. It, it's is going to be involved, and when you consider, you know, possibly Son being injured and that, you know, he can push forward, he can sit behind the forward, so you you're going to be looking at assists as well as goals uh for for Lucas and and look it's uh it's early days for Spurs like i say in in the Conte reign but Conte has taken them to three wins in a row now and obviously like i said they do have the game in hand so there is a lot more to play for and then we expect a lot of things to come from Spurs and if they are to play this game I don't see the other side of that field is Brighton. I, I see Brighton extending their non-winning run to 11 games. And I don't know if Neil yeah. Malpah can get them out of this one. No, I, I don't I don't think. I think uh, Spurs will still be strong enough if, if there's a few players missing from COVID. But I'm not sure what's going to happen with this game. But uh, yeah, I hope Spurs can win. Maybe a tunnel, but I, 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 I hope Son is not one of them <laughs> because I have. No. Yeah, so I, you you shake your head in disbelief. It's, it's 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 an unfortunate part of football, but we have to keep that in mind. That is going to happen. So um, if they do play, I'm, I'm probably going to be siding with the two two one win. Two yeah, probably a two one win for Spurs. Um, I don't see Brighton getting out of the whole act that Maupa has been getting them out of. They they have a lot of injuries in the team. So uh, there's a lot of things that need to be concerned about. And I know we mentioned it earlier, obviously, the Brighton injuries. So whether the game goes forward, it's uh, you know we're rel- relatively unsure. The next game that we are going to be looking at is two teams that do play in Claret, Burnley and West Ham. West Ham, the Hammers are going to be playing against the Burnley, who do tend, 
where where had all their attacking promise gone for Burnley? It it feels like it's just fallen off the radar. Yeah. I I have no idea but Chris Wood not even scoring anything and I think that uh, guy Connett he got injured in the first 15 or 20 minutes I th- uh, I remember him taking a uh, taking a shot but it was a little bit of a, um, it was a little bit of a soft one at, at that I just want to go see the, does uh, Burnley yeah, yeah. Qu- uh, quadricep uh, strain, thigh injury. The not not sure, but he is ruled out of out of this game as well. So yeah, I don't see much coming from the, from the way of Burnley uh, and West Ham. West Ham, you have to you have to give credit where it's due. Jared Bowen is looking like a man reborn again, and he's gone up and down the. You know, through his West Ham career, there's times where he's being average, being average, and then he's, there's times when he goes into the purple patches, and I think he's in one of those purple patches again, in terms of his yeah. game performance. Jared Bowen looks fantastic, and I think Jared Bowen is going to be one of my sneaky snipers for this week when we talk about the FPL side of things, because I really think he can be involved in the goals and can be scoring the goals against Burnley. And I think Burnley get hurt this weekend. Yes, Burnley are at home. Yes, Burnley get smashed. Definitely. uh, Jared Bowen has been one of the standout players in the Premier League. Um, And another player linked with uh, with Liverpool. I think everyone's linked with Liverpool. If you play well, like, oh, you're Liverpool. You're linked with Liverpool. I think that's how it goes. I try not to read into it too much these days. I just see all these names. I'm like, oh, it's amazing. And then uh, nothing happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, yeah, but uh, the the one disappointment from from a West Ham point of view, I think, is uh, from an FPL point of view, yeah, for West Ham is Antonio. Uh, the um, drop off in form. Otherwise, yeah, I can't see anything but a West Ham win. Yeah, and maybe. Uh, I'm hoping for a tunnel. Do you have any West Ham assets? I have Antonio, I think. Yeah, I have Antonio. Okay. No, I dropped him the other day. Yeah, West Ham, I think West Ham comfortable, comfortable to, to no win. It probably sounds about fair to, you know, about two goals. I don't see Burnley getting on the score sheet. Uh, Obviously, there is a few few injuries in the West Ham defense. Uh, Creswell is also, I mean, it looks like he's out. Uh, Zuma's out. Bonner's out. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, obviously, Mazowaku's goal right at the end of that was, <laughs> that was, uh, uh, quite fortuitous. That being said, you look at Fornells is coming into form for, uh, for West Ham as well. So th- there is, there is, they have, Players that can score, they aren't entirely reliant on Antonio. And I think that is something that uh, Moyes has done right. He, he hasn't made um, Antonio the be-all and end-all of his team. Not unlike Newcastle, it feels like Callum Wilson is the be-all and end-all of the Newcastle side. Newcastle traveled to Leicester. Leicester are having, by their standards, a terrible season. 
Um, Harvey Barnes looks like he's back to fitness now as well. So I think they've got, uh, uh, when I say match fitness, he's, he's now in there. Him and, uh, Madison seem to be both match fit and more match sharp is probably the, the better way of saying it right now. The, the fact that they both seem to be match sharp could change the, the way that Leicester do play. Yes, Leicester have come off a 2-1 loss to Villa, but uh, Villa and Newcastle are a far cry from each other. Uh, I do think Leicester will have too much at home for Villa, um, for Newcastle. Um, I, I, I think Leicester, if you look at the teams, should win easily. But uh, you never know, Newcastle might be buoyed by the victory last week. Could spur them on could uh, give them some hope. Um, and with Leicester's form, anything can happen. Yeah, but um, Newcastle on the road have have amassed three draws and four losses. They've conceded 13 and only scored five. And I don't think, I don't think one, one win is going to create this, um, one home win is going to, Create such a significant change in their uh, in their fortunes um, against a team like Leicester. Leicester just on paper looked too strong. Um, yeah, Leicester Leicester lost against Villa, but they they drew against Southampton. But they did smash Watford, and so you know they have it in them to go out there, and they've got good results at times in the season. They where where they stand right now is nineteen points in the table. I mean that's. It's it's not too that's not too bad considering when you look at the, how the rest of the table looks like right now, and then it's still nine points ahead of Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's more. Um, I know Leicester Madison is uh, is performing now. He's getting a lot of FPL points as well, mm. and Harvey Barnes. Um, I think they rested uh, Jamie Vardy last week. So you know he's going to be sharp this week. He's in my FPL team, by the by. So, oh, okay. Um, so, so that's why you think um, Leicester should win quite comfortably. I, I, I think I think Leicester outscore Newcastle. I don't think yeah. Leicester keep a clean sheet. It's it's purely about one team outscoring the other. I just think I, that uh, Leicester have uh, have a better attack than Newcastle I'm, do. Leicester will win, but I think it will be a high-scoring game. I like hope a so. Like a four-two to Leicester. Like a four-two to Leicester. That's 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 what uh, I think. I don't I don't dispute that Leicester will not win, but uh, I think it will be a high-scoring game. I'd just taken because Madison out my team though for for Bernardo Silva. So let's see. <laughs> let's hope I don't regret that one. But yes, uh, Leicester seem to look like they will. With, with Harvey Barnes coming hopefully into form for, for Leicester, um, they'll, they'll eventually have their attack mostly sorted out. And that's not great news for any other Premier League team because Leicester have been known for their attacking prowess in the past. And if they have that back on and considering they're, like we're saying, like I said, they're nine points ahead of Newcastle who are, uh, well, you know, sitting in 19th position. If you have to go nine points the other way, they would be sitting in. They'd be sitting in fourth. 
Yeah. Okay. So, so a couple of wins right now in the Premier League, especially over this, this period can change fortunes for the teams in mid table very quickly. And Leicester is one of those teams that I think can get, uh, get some results. You're looking at their fixtures going forward right now. They've got Newcastle, Tottenham, Everton before they play City, Liverpool, Norwich. So, you know, there, there's a few games that they can get some, some solid points in. And then we close out that weekend with Crystal Palace versus Everton. Crystal Palace, um, have now from such promise to what seems to be, I don't want to, I don't know, are they, are they, are they caving? It was, they lost to Villa. They lost to Leeds. I mean, they lost to Leeds. I mean, who loses to Leeds? You know, you think to yourself. And then they they lost to Manchester United, who I suppose they could have done a better job. But there seems to be a little mini collapse in Patrick Vieira's team. Everton walk into this game as buoyant as they could ever be so far in this season. Um, I say that because it seems like main man Richarlison is back in on it. Tomorrow, great man. What, what a goal! What a shot! What a foot! Absolutely amazing. And uh, Everton, Everton in their minimal percentage of, uh, I mean, they they had a, a third of the possession. They still took more shots at goal and more shots on goal. So they were more, they were far more potent in their attack than Arsenal were. And now Everton, if they're going to get, be able to get a little bit more ball playing against uh, Crystal Palace, how much more potent can they be if Crystal Palace doesn't work? Um, if Crystal Palace doesn't work, yeah. I, I, I see Everton, uh, Rafael Benitez can, can turn things around. Mm. Um, and I, I hope for his sake he can. Although I don't want to want to see Everton climb up uh, a log, but uh, but when you like when you like a manager, you just have to live with the teams that he joins. <laughs> well, so, yes. Uh, the the difference is that you you have to look at Everton right now. They are sitting on eighteen points. They're all of two points ahead of Crystal Palace. So the season hasn't gone great for either team. Everton have now got that yeah. result. Uh, and now, uh, again, when you look at the state of the two teams, there is very much a, a good reason to say, hey, listen, Palace can look at this game and go, hey, we can get some points here. They have to still be thinking like that. Surely they must be thinking like that. Because Palace play Everton, yeah. Southampton, Watford, Tottenham, Norwich in the next five games. Especially with this uh, fixture on uh, this festive period, people... Uh, you can either get left behind or you can either be clear of, um, of where you want to be. 100%. Um, so, so, so to start off the festive season, I'm sure everybody will want to, uh, get three points under their, their, their belt. And, uh, what, what those three points, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Rafael Vinicius will want to move up into the European spots and challenge for maybe a Europa League spot or some European spot because that's probably the standard um, Everton has set for him. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think 
Crystal Palace, um, you have a few guys, Ezzy and, and, and I think somebody else coming back from injury. It'll take them maybe one or two games to get back to full fitness. And then maybe we'll see the best of them after that. Yeah. So what you are saying, and I think you're 100% correct. Uh, the fact is Everton have had this horrible season, horrible season so far. And to be where they are right now, um, it's, and I think that's what makes the Premier League so beautiful is the, the competitiveness of it. And are we looking at possibly the most competitive table in the Premier League in a number of years that we've had? in terms of where the teams are standing. And I suppose that's because there's some big teams that have gone through some hard times. Um, the Tottenham's, the United's, they seem to be going through Arsenal. They're going through some tough times, um, which has allowed teams like Leicester, uh, West Ham now, you know, to, to compete there. So there, there is enough, there's enough reason to believe that there is, so much to play for in the in the English Premier League, and you're hundred percent correct saying where it must go, how important um getting a good festive season is but you know behind you to to build on to um to for the run in to the close of the season because yeah it's you don't want to be chasing too far after the end of the of the festive season by the time you get to the midway. Uh, point in the in the Premier League or twenty games into the Premier League, you know the last eighteen games must be about clarifying, consolidating your position, and then having to make those possibly those incremental gains or the importance to stay ahead, depending on where you are. Um, then you you look at the fixture runs for for the over up until game week twenty, out of the big uh, out of the big teams, City do have. Arguably the best run, Wolves, Leeds, Newcastle, Leicester, Brentford, uh, Arsenal, um, Liverpool have got Aston Villa, Newcastle, Tottenham, Leeds, Leicester, Chelsea have got Leeds, Everton, Wolves, Aston Villa, Brighton. So it's, it's not particularly difficult for, for any one of those three. There, you could make a case and say, you know, the Tottenham game is probably the standout most difficult game out of every, out of any single match. But that's maybe because Tottenham still carries the name, where Leicester, that both City and uh, well, that we're sitting there, where Leicester is playing Man City, and possibly you're looking at, you know, can Wolves be tough against Chelsea? Who knows? But there is so much to play for going forward into the season, and then again, obviously, as we are saying, and which leads us into our FPL tips and chips segment of the show, and. They're again reiterating, if you're jamming FPL, the Pods Bragging Rights League is free entry. It's free to play. Bragging Rights is up for grabs. The code is G94H2J. Um, so if you are heading into this part of the season, and based on what we've just said, on the runs of the teams that is coming, you really have to be attacking these fixtures from an FPL perspective as much as the teams that are playing in the league in real life, IRL, the real football, uh, so to speak, because, you know, FPL is life. Um, so, it, the, you know, the real football that's out there, how important it is for these teams to be on top form. And you're going to have to build your build your team. And I'd imagine you want to build your team around teams that have really nice runs. You know, you 
like we said, Palace has got a nice run. City's got a nice run. Arsenal have a nice run over this period. They've got Southampton, West Ham, Leeds, Norwich, Wolves. Um, West Ham, they have... So they go Burnley, Arsenal. So that's a Arsenal could be tough. Norwich, Southampton, Watford. Um, then obviously United, which is supposed to have a tremendous run until up until game week twenty six. But over this uh, first of seasons, Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley, Chelsea have got Leeds, Everton, Wolves, Villa. Uh, then they've got Brighton, I think. Yeah, they've got Brighton after that, and then Burnley. Strange enough, if. If they didn't have problems in the attacks, it might be a team that you could look at for your your FPL assets. You, with your they've got West Ham, Watford, Villa, Everton before they play United. But ideally, um, you might be looking at Ranieri's Watford team, who have got Brentford, Burnley, Crystal Palace, Wolves, and then West Ham over this Christmas period. Now. Um, before we before we dive into those players, Prashun, if you if you just give me a sec over here, I just want to talk about last week's game week heroes. Uh, hitting seventy three points, Ryan Curry with "You'll Never Walk Alone." I have a feeling that he's a Liverpool man. Just guessing based on the team name. Good man. I I don't I don't uh, I don't uh, know Ryan all that well. I know Ryan, but I don't know him all that well. But from what I can see, he's obviously a top lad, pure class. Um, he he obviously knows a lot about football, and he's moved up from six hundred twenty-eight thousand in the world to three hundred fifty-eight thousand in the world. Then Prashun, you might know this man if you look at him in the mirror. You hit sixty-eight points. You moved up from one hundred fifteen thousand in the world to fifty-three thousand in the world. Um, Stephen Kruger, he hit uh, sixty-eight points as well. Stephen, 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 if you're hitting sixty-eight points in a game week, what were you doing down at six point one million? You're now at five point six million. You got to keep that stuff up. You know, you moved up five hundred twenty-five k positions. You do that ten weeks in a row, and then you're in the top uh, five hundred thousand. So don't stop now. Paula Russia hit sixty-one points as well as uh, Chris Bridgel. Uh, Paula moved up from one point one million in the world to nine hundred k. And Chris moved up from 2.8 to 2.6 uh, million in the world. So congratulations to you guys hitting out our top five for our game week heroes. What does that mean to our log? Andreas, he hit 45 points this weekend. Not a great weekend for him. He is the only person in our top five that actually dropped positions. He moved down from 15,500 in the world to 20,000 in the world. Uh, Pumlani, he hit 54 points, moving up from 64K to 52K. Prashun, like I said, with your 68 points, that smacks you right back, back into third position from 115 to 53,000. Mzunkulu, he hit uh, 57, so he moved up from 79 to 56,000 in the world. And then Pushan Naidu, he hit 51, and he moved up from 194 to 182 in the world. So that's what our manager rankings look like. So guys, keep up the good work. Everyone moving up. Uh, make sure that you get up there to the top of the log. I'd love it to say that someone from the LTV Sportscast Bragging Rights League is a number one in the world. So uh, do us proud. Do the show proud. Now, off into Game Week Superstars. Actually, before we get into Game Week Superstars, Prashant, tell me a little bit about your, uh, about your, your thoughts and how did you get to 68 points? How did you, how did you manage? What was your thought train behind that? Uh, I, I, I think I made one substitute from the previous week, uh, where I took out, I think, 
I bought Trossard the previous week, and then I sold him again this week. And okay. I bought him. Uh, I bought him. Who did I bring him? Uh, I brought him Jota. Okay. I, d- I didn't have Jota, so I brought him Jota, and then uh, I was stuck with the the uh, a midfield of Smutro, Rafinha, Salah, Jota, and Son, and a strike force of Tony Wilson and Antonio. And I'm thinking to myself, who am I going to leave on the bench now? Because hmm. I have to either go with two strikers or three strikers and leave one. And I went with Antonio on the bench. And then okay. luck- luckily for me, um, uh, Tony did not play. And Antonio did get the five points, which I'm quite happy with. Uh, and then Wilson scored and I kept him son. Ah, I, there's I the get- gold. There it is, right there. I went, I went against everybody uh, with Salah, with uh, outputting Salah. The last time I did that, he went and scored a hat trick against Man United. <laughs> so, uh, you can't so, make those mistakes too often. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the difference where I lost out when he scored the hat trick against United. But you made some points back. 26 points for Son as captain, am I correct in saying that? Yes, that, that was, that was some good, uh, points. And when I saw, um, all the Chelsea defenders, when Chelsea conceded and City conceded, I think, uh, yeah, City did concede also. And, and yeah, they did. I was just happy. I was just happy because I know all the defenders are going to get, uh, uh, just two points. They lose the they lose the clean sheet, so could yeah. could yeah could be the two point merchants uh, as long as they weren't involved in the assists or the goals. So yeah, congratulations, great week for you. And they said obviously you've moved back up into the top one hundred k in the world. So again, that's another smashing result, uh, feather in the cap over there. Um, so you are now 986 total points. You're one behind Pumlani who's on 987. Andreas on 1,006 points. First man in our league to get to a millennia for this season. So congratulations to Andreas, man. That's absolutely fantastic. Right, game week superstars. I'm going to throw some names at you. Um, I, 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 or I think I had Bowen in my Game Week Superstars. You know what? I'm going to throw in my sneaky snipers. Game Week Superstars, Salah, Vardy, Bernardo Silva, Ronaldo, Foden. Tell me who I'm missing out um, over there and tell me why. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say Diego Jota. Okay. The, the, reasoning, the reasoning behind that is he's been rested for the midweek game. Right. And, and, and he does get a lot of chances also. He does, and he does tend to bounce back pretty nicely when he does play. So, so that, uh, that, that's a great, uh, but you see, he could be a sneaky sniper for that very reason, purely if you look at his cost and what he comes in at, because again, uh, he's playing as the out and out striker for, for Liverpool, uh, and in FPL, you know, he's, he's, he's a shoe in for the, the most potent attack in, in the Premier League, and he comes in at a measly, measly seven point nine million right now. If you if you haven't got him in your team, I think he's going to cost you seven point nine million. So it's not it's not a bad way to go about it um, to to get in the Jota at 
at that costing. Bernardo Silva, like I said, he comes in at 7.6 million and he mm. seems to be on it right now as well. Um, so that's, uh, that's when I start to look at those game week superstars. Usually you try to think, yeah, because Bernardo Silva, maybe he should be in sneaky snipers as well purely because he's not a premium, premium asset out of your premium, premium assets. You know, I would, I would be saying, you know, you have to look at getting in. Um, you know, some, some Tottenham players and you would think Kane and Son. The thing is now with what we have said in the news, we're unconfirmed right now at the time of this recording is that Son has got a COVID as well. So, um, you know, you'd have to look out for that. The somebody else that we have to look out for and we don't mention his name near enough, uh, Romalu Lukaku. Uh, for Chelsea, Chelsea have got a, they've got a game against Leeds and Lukaku does tend to get goals from time to time. He's already got one tonight. Timo Werner, obviously, man of the match, uh, for, for Chelsea in terms of stats, if you're looking at it. Uh, I haven't been watching the game, but I know he's got two goals and one assist. So he's been involved in everything. So that is, is that going to be all the, all the goals he's going to score for Chelsea for the rest of the year? Uh, he's going to hang his boots up until next year. Um, most most probably. What is I, the chances I, I, that I, Timo I, Werner turns it around in the Premier League? I I I don't think that he's done that bad. I just, I I just think that he hasn't scored goals. But uh, as a striker, he hasn't he, done that not, bad. He hasn't scored goals. Yeah, you're right. It's terrible. But 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 Chelsea has still been scoring goals. If you look at it, uh, they play a, a game where where they need him to outpace the defenders and tee up somebody else, one of the fullbacks. So, I I but I don't think he starts he starts in most of their games with the kind of uh, even Lukaku. I don't I don't see him starting on the weekend, so I'm not sure whether to even consider him in FPR. Yeah, but that, that's the thing. He's been working back towards fitness. He played uh, a full half the the last match uh, against against West Ham. Maybe he's played too long tonight. You're right. He might not. He might not even start. And again, it's a relatively easier game for for Chelsea. So Tuchel will know what he's doing with his team. He won't be making too many mistakes. So maybe you're right, Game Week Superstar. I'm going to have to scratch Lukaku out of there and possibly put him into... Um, if you don't have him in your side, do you go and spend the coin to bring him in at 11.5 million? Would you do it? Uh, no. Okay, so if you have him in your side, great. If you don't have him in your side, don't go out and buy him. He's not one of those players that you want to look at. Cristiano Ronaldo, if you don't have him in your side, you have to seriously consider buying him. There's a good chance once that uh, midfield starts working for United, the man is going to get the ball that he needs to put into the back of the net. And he he is one of the greatest goal scorers of all time, hands down. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard pressed to find people who have scored more goals than Cristiano Ronaldo at that level. If you look at Manchester United's team that has just been announced for tonight's game, it 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 will give you a bit of an idea of who they plan to start 
in the weekend because there's no Bruno Fernandes, there's mm. no there's no Ronaldo, there's no Rashford. So yeah, it looks like uh, all of them are going to start. Okay, so Ronaldo then obviously looking to start, and and for that very reason, he's very much, very much captain material for this upcoming weekend. Yeah. And we have yeah, mentioned yeah. their runs, uh, their run that they're going Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley. It is a great run to be on. It is a great run to be on. And again, if Ronaldo is going to be getting the service that he, that he needs, you know, he's going to turn around his, um, his form and start getting those results, getting the ball into the back of the net more often than not. And he has a history. You 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 look at uh, at City City. Do do you look at Foden as as a possibly game we oh, could he be captain material? He could be captain material, but does he fall into sneaky sniper? Everyone knows about Foden by now, and it's it's likely he's going to play again. But Pepper let uh, it hurts against Wolves. I just won't take the chance against Wolves because they, they, if you look at Wolves' last few games, they haven't conceded much goals. So that's the only reasoning why I won't pick a City player for this game week. But, but there's no team that, that City can't score unbelievable amounts of goals. Actually, let me take back my full Foden. Uh, apparently Phil Foden yesterday Phil has problems in the beginning of the game with the second he was taken off as a precaution that's what they said currently being assessed they haven't updated that so consider maybe putting Phil Foden into the social distancing players for the weekend um, I have a Jackal and Hyde player that could be a game week superstar Raheem Sterling okay. And he looks to be scoring every game, and and nobody seems to be owning him as well. He comes in at ten point six million, though. You know, as as that's premium premium asset price right there. And in terms yeah, of midfielders, you know, for for the minutes that he puts on, yeah, uh, it's. Maybe if Son is not there, it's a straight swap. I think it's a four point four four. Yeah, ten point four for Son and uh, ten point five for Sterling. So it's uh, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be a very tough ask um, to to find someone that might be a better fit than Sterling for this weekend because. You, You've got uh, Gabriel Jesus, he's got an injury. Foden's got an injury. So you're pretty certain that Sterling and Grealish and, will, and Mares and is going Bernardo. to be, and Bernardo. So how good is that City squad, man? How deep is that City squad? It is, uh, it, it is something to, to be, con, you know, be concerned about if you're the opposition. But Sterling is a jackal and hard player. You don't always know what you're going to get from him. And there's a returning Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, I don't know. Does uh, he's rushed him back once this season? Is he going to rush him back again? I don't know, but um, 
I wouldn't think so. Not over this period. But again, again, I'm not Pep, so who knows? I wonder if Pep actually takes I mean, bets on who he's going to start. Um, I th- I think he has a secret FPL team because in the 57th minute he just seems sometimes he wants to push everybody off. <laughs> he he probably does. He probably does. Okay, so uh, captain captain best captain for this weekend. Um, uh, we've got. Uh, Salavardi, Bo, uh, Bowen, Ronaldo, possibly Sterling. Do, who else do we throw into that list? Because uh, again, I, I say I have to. I have to social distance from the Tottenham players. If you don't have them in your squad, you don't even know if the game is going to go ahead. I th- I think the outside chance will be Bruno Fernandes as a captain. Yeah, it's probably it's probably. A, that's probably a great idea. I wonder what his effective ownership is right I'm, now. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, Bruno Fernandes still owned by 16.3% of the league. Actually, I can't believe that. That's not bad. He does have 67 a points a season so far, but he still costs 11.6 million. It is, it's unreal, man. It is unreal how much he costs. Yeah, that's basically the the people that you think they um, got him in the beginning of the season and just never took him out. Uh possibly. Or stop playing FPL. Or they just, or they just uh, diehard Man United fans. Could be. Okay, so sneaky snipers, Bowen. Gundogan, possibly. I mean, there, there's a name that we don't say all too often, but he, he does tend to get quite involved by City. Uh, I am a fan, um, as well as, as well as Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes, it feels like he could be, he could be, it could be a good weekend for Harvey Barnes, uh, as well as a sneaky sniper, uh, coming in there. Other sneaky snipers that you can possibly see coming in there? I can't think of any at the moment. Anything from the um, Crystal Palace attack? Obviously, uh, you know, with with their nice their nice little run, Everton, Southampton, Watford, um, their next couple of games. Thinking possibly Benteke or not in in the attack. Conor Gallagher. I, I think uh, Conor Gallagher looks like the the only real choice there. And sometimes uh, Zaha can get you a whole of points, and then the next day he can get you a yellow card and a minus point. Yeah, he, he has um, the ability to touch people in in different ways. That's why yeah. I avoid uh, Zaha um, from from my FPL team. He, but I I, I think Benteke with Ezi coming back and the other guy, he'll be rotated with Eduardo during this Christmas period. So, I'll, I'll stay away until maybe we know for sure. Okay. Okay, so so uh, many, many, many things out there to consider for your sneaky snipers. We spoke about any, any Jack and other, other social distancing players, uh, Tottenham players, Brighton players, purely because you don't know what's going to be going on um, at this point in time. There's not... Uh, uh, not too much that we know about, you know, for 
for the week ahead. Tell me, if you were if you were putting together a, a little bit of a wild card team, and that's possibly on your on your cards because you're saying, you know, obviously how your team is now. How would you structure a wild card team? Who who would you put in goals? Uh, you know, you you're gonna have to be building from from the back. Um, um I, I I got Gita and Martinez at the moment. Okay. But I, 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 I probably will check out Martinez and put a cheaper version of a Ramsdale or somebody else. Aaron Ramsdale comes in at five million right now, and I think he's probably the shoe in for um, for that position. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I I would put him in just to get that extra five uh, point five into my team because I've got I've I've, I've got. My defense at the moment is 4.1, 4.4, 4.4, and then I've got Trent at 7.8 and a 5.4. So I, I, I need to work on my defense a, a little bit there. Okay, so if you were attacking your defense, would you be looking at uh, some premium defenders? Um, you know, Trent's obviously very expensive right now. And is is he that much more value in terms of... Um, is he worth the extra coin when you're looking at Cancelo, you know, who, who costs 1.3 million less? Uh, by the numbers, let me just see the numbers here. Trent's got 99 after, uh, so far this season, he costs 8.1. Cancelo, 84, he costs 6.8. Surprised though that, uh, Van Dyke, uh, 6.6, he's got 78 points. Here's where I still think the value is, you know, your Reese James, uh, your Rudiger, they're still coming in at early six millions. Uh, look, I was fortunate enough to pick up Reese James, I think at five point, five point six. Yeah, I think I picked him up at five point six. And Marcus Alonso, I think I picked him up at, well, I did pick him up at five point six. I think he's. I had Cancelo mm. and then he didn't play that week. So the following weekend, I sold him, and I bought Rudiger. God, what are you talking and about? Cancelo's played every week this uh, Premier League. Or they scored a goal, or they had two points or something in the game week. So I sold Cancelo, and I bought uh, Rudiger. And that game week, Cancelo went and scored, I think, 12 or 13 points or something like that. Yeah. And then, then la- I think it was last week, I sold Rudiger, and I bought Regular. Regular when I got injured. <laughs> so yeah, you haven't had the best luck um, with uh, with said defenders. But okay, so we've got it. Ramsdale in the goal seems like a, a fairly decent uh, shout that you've got to be looking at um, in the defense. You know, there there is value in the defense. Um, you, you're going to have to be looking at some enablers, but you know, to to say is Reese James has scored. Uh, 22 points less than Alexander Arnold, although he's played significantly less minutes. He also comes in at uh, 1.9 million cheaper than Alexander Arnold. If you were going to be bringing in, is Alexander Arnold worth the, worth the money now to bring in at this very moment in time? If you didn't get him in earlier, if you didn't get him earlier, I don't think uh, at his price, 8.1 now. No, I I wouldn't have the chance now at eight point one. 
is just too high. It means that your your midfielders will have to be very low. He is the second highest FPL point scorer right now at this very moment in time. And if I told you that the second highest cost you eight point one million only, and the highest cost you thirteen million, is there any reason why you shouldn't pick him then? No. So the, it's just that, mm-hmm. the, that that's the dilemma we're going to have when Salah has to leave uh, for Afghan. It's whether to to sell him or whether to keep him. Yeah, again, you just don't know how how many what what his value is going to do during that time. And I think if everyone is on the idea like, oh, we've got to sell him because, you know, we're going to make the price back and, you know, we'll sell him at a high and then buy him at a low again, you might buy him back for what you sold him for if you had got him in early. Um, Except if you buy him now, you might not make that value back. That being said, you know, then that's also all the way back, all the way ahead in January, beginning of January when we're going to, have to worry about that. We're going to have to look at the value at that point in time. Right, midfielders, you, I almost want to say, you know, you've got Jota is an obvious choice, you know, for someone cheap. Salah is very difficult again if you haven't got him in yet. The question is how long will you go without him if he does tend to, uh, tend to haul? Although he hasn't had, um, Apart from the Everton game, he hasn't had a significant haul since game week nine. So he scored 24 points in game week nine, 15 points in game week 14, but he's gone five, five, eight, six, six, uh, in the other games. Now that might not be 13 millions worth. However, he is somebody that can turn up on any single day and score multiple goals, get multiple assists, you know, so. Yeah, the the thing is, with his ownership so high, I think um, you just have to match. If you you want to match the other players, you just have to have him and have your differentials around him. Seventy three percent of FPL players own Mo Salah. Seventy three percent. It is unbelievable. It is unreal. So many and, people are going to sell him over five. It weeks. Takes one. One good week not to captain him to fall. Exactly. So, uh, question, that's why. Do, do you really want to risk it against Villa? Liverpool are at home. He hasn't been quite uh, his goal-scoring self, uh, and there's a good chance it can change this weekend. Salah does look at Aston Villa in a home game. It does look relatively nice for him. And in the midfield, obviously, he's... He should be the first choice. He should be the only choice. The question is, and, and here, here's one that I don't, I haven't quite worked out yet. Attackers. What is going on with the attackers? I mean, you're looking at um, Emmanuel Dennis, which uh, we, we spoke about previously in the show, but you look at the Watford run. So they're Josh King, you know, and they both cost 5.7 right now. So it's, it's really, really good value for money there. Uh, but the top scoring attacker is Vardy. Vardy didn't even play last week. Uh, so the first game that, oh, well, he played 25 minutes. Um, the first real game that he hasn't had significant minutes in was last week. And 
now he will be rested. He will play this game again. He's he's heading up the charts of the of the strikers. Uh, Antonio, he's yeah. he tends to be failing. Saint Maxi, he, he looks good, but I don't know. I don't I don't see him outscoring Callum Wilson as as a striker throughout the season. I do see Ollie Watkins coming in a little bit stronger um, as well. You know, over time it's going to take some time, but he will get there. Um, it seems to that will build underneath Steven Gerrard. Other my, my other thoughts. Three. Yeah, my fun three currently that I have is Antonio Wilson and and uh, Tony. But um, I'm I'm looking to if I'm using wildcard, I definitely gonna get rid of two or three. Okay. And because Tony is um, got COVID, and I have to get rid of um, either Antonio or Wilson. I wouldn't get rid of Wilson. Yeah, I I also probably won't get rid of Wilson, but uh, I'm I'm just gonna see if I'm gonna use the wild card. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm just worried. I'm I'm just worried if I use the wild card now and say in one of the game weeks also there's another postponement. Got some problems in. Yeah, might might not be worth. uh, Worth using just yet. But okay, Prashant, thank you so much for joining us this week on this week's show. I, I wish you a wonderful FPL week and football weekend ahead. And to all our listeners out there, Green Arrows, catch you on the other side. Cheers, cheers. Bye. Bye.